This is Charlene Harris, author of the Sookie Stackhouse novels, and you are listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'll see you in the future. Welcome to Too Much Scrolling for November 8, 2022. I'm Steve Foder. I'm Chip Essenfly. We're just a couple of guys sitting around talking about things that are important to us. Hopefully they're important to you. If you need more information, there's so many great ways to find more information. Today, Chip, today is your last chance to see all of those political ads to get the right information about the right people. Yes. Well, I I can't wait, Steve, because you know what happens tomorrow is I don't have to see them anymore. So helpful they are. So helpful at telling me nothing. The fake biography week here on Too Much Scrolling begins with the elections here in America. <laughs> <laughs> Brings us to our film at 11, our movie of the week. Hey, Chip, did you watch my favorite movie of 2022 this week? Uh, yes, I did, Steve. Yes, I watched your favorite film of 2022. Oscar nominee, Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Oh my God, Chip. I wish that the Roku channel would listen to Weird Al and put this movie into a theater in LA for for a week so that we could get an Oscar nomination for this film. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's Oscar worthy, Steve. I'll just go ahead and say that it, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> But Oscar worthy is a lot to ask from this film, Steve. It's a made up biography. It is a fully excuse me. It's a made up autobiography. It is a autobiography that Weird Al put together this movie, put together this story. Much, much of this story is fake. The beginning of this is kind of like one of those uh, historical stories that starts out with the reality and then there's a break. There's a moment in this story that we break from the reality of history and go into just farce, just absolute what you would expect from Weird Al storytelling. And for those of you who are wondering what Harry Potter is doing now, it seems that after he graduated from Hogwarts, he became Weird Al Yankovic. Daniel Radcliffe is the perfect actor to portray the life of Weird Al Yankovic in this story. His acting is phenomenal in this. I think it's award-winning, award-worthy acting. His action hero choreography in this movie was stunning i did not expect to see daniel radcliffe the action hero well you know let's let's go ahead and just break this film out steve the uh the parents breaking the heart of their young child telling him he is unable to learn the accordion uh <laughs> <laughs> nick and mary yankovic in real life were the most supportive parents they went to concerts they were so behind al and his efforts to become a musician and in this story we see a very different set of parents uh toby huss as nick yankovic as this gruff mean almost abusive father who beats the heck out of the accordion salesman that comes to the door uh i i love you, you said you said almost abusive 
Do you think yeah, it's yeah, truly <laughs> oh, music? Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. The, the one-handed pirate right there. Okay. <laughs> I forgot about I forgot about Yes. They, they, <laughs> Nick Yankovic working in the factory, and he lost a hand in the factory. What do they make in the factory? They'll never tell us. I, <laughs> I, mom, mom ripping the heart out of her young son. Uh-huh. The, in real life, they were so supportive. They were so lovely. They, they were the kindest, gentlest people. And we see a very different set of parents. That's really where the break happens in this story, is, is in the parents and their ability to give Al what he needs. Steve, they went to a poker party. And that's where, you know, he, he came out, Steve. I love this movie. I love this movie so much, Chip. You know that there's an album called Polka Party. That I we... do know that. Okay, so so just just saying that there's a polka party and and the the comedy that happens that young Al sneaks out, puts a hay boy in the bed, and sneaks out of the house. Yeah, and it's basically a scarecrow made out of hay, which of course comes back in the story later. Goes to a polka party and and all of those tropes of young people sneaking out to a party where you're expecting you know a riotous party with, with drugs and alcohol and and rock and roll and we see we see polka and you know over and over they say this this Al Yankovic Weird Al is the uh, the greatest accordion player. In an oddly specific musical genre, maybe not the greatest, but the the most famous. I love that joke. That joke is <laughs> over and over and over and over. It keeps going in an oddly specific musical genre. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. I, you know that I'm a huge Weird Al fan. I have been a Weird Al fan since my youth when most people became Weird Al fans. When you know that 10 to 14 year old boy that was seeing what this silly, silly man could do on stage and the stardom, the fame that his musical genius has brought him. Seeing this movie, this this ridiculous autobiography brings me such joy. And I think that the fact that he re-recorded his music for this, that should be award-winning. Well, you know, obviously Daniel doesn't have the, the voice of a Weird Al. And that was, he, he got to mouth the lyrics, mm -hmm. uh, or, or do a little lip-syncing right there. Correct. Uh, what we should mention is a couple of things. Some revelations we learned in the movie um, that uh, Michael Jackson obviously stole stole Weird Al's songs and re-recording them with his own lyrics. Michael Jackson in this story is the parody artist that parodies the original. No one's ever sung it before. Eat it. And Michael Jackson parodies it and calls it Beat It. And they describe what is the song, what is Michael Jackson's song about? Hey. Well, it's about, no, it's about some kind of um, uh, war, gang war, maybe not. You know, it's not really, it's not really uh stated what the what the true purpose of it is that was very very funny yeah this movie has uh it's very playful they're winking at you you're winking back at them it is meant to be very playful and fun and there's cameos everywhere the cameos are unbelievable i i was able to avoid spoilers on the cameos but when conan o'brien 
as Andy Warhol comes on screen and says, hello, Dolly to Salvador Dolly played by emo Phillips. I was done. I was, I was on the floor. That was hilarious. And I think there's, there's a lot of them that you can't help but miss. So maybe there is a desire to repeat the viewing of this for one of the two hosts here. So, <laughs> I've already watched it twice. I've already watched it twice. It's an hour and 48 minute long movie. It it seems like it could have been shorter. It it was obviously built on the frame of a short from Funny or Die. And this is the extended version of the story. It was an 18 day shoot. They shot this movie in 18 days. Principal photography. That's pretty stunning. Well, I'm sure their budget only allowed for the 18 days. Agreed. Because because this is not, I mean, no one should go in there thinking Oscar-worthy except for Steve. Right. Um, a, cer- a certain demographic. A certain, yeah, specific demographic. <laughs> and an obscure... Musical genre. This was a lot of fun. And I, I would, would say this, this is 50 out of 100 as far as how I would rate it as a film. And most of it, the, the joy of it is because of, of its fun mm-hmm. uh, and its playful nature. Uh, Madonna's appearance in it, Madonna as a girlfriend, um, Madonna steering, uh, trying to steer Weird Al and doing a parody of her uh-huh. music. Which is based on a true story. <laughs> that is, ba- yeah. The, the Madonna. Madonna- Madonna came to Weird Al and said, I want you to do a parody of my song, Like a Virgin. I want it to be like a surgeon. I want it to be something that will boost my career. That is true. That happened. That's the Yankovic bump, Steve. <laughs> it's for sure. <laughs> Didn't Nirvana say that they made it? They knew they made it when Weird Al made a parody. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yes, that was that was a part of Nirvana's whole trajectory of they knew that they were something special when weird al took on their song and we didn't get to nirvana in this particular story but don't you see uh, a part two that could happen with the nirvana piece it would only get more more bizarre it only could get more bizarre would you call it party that that, that weird al yankovic shows up yes uh and you've got wolfman jack there with got, portrayed by Jack Black, I I swear to you, I could see a movie that just is the autobiography of Wolfman Jack with Jack Black playing that character. I love that. Well, I think it would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. The, the and Pee Wee Herman being there, <laughs> yes. Paul F. Tompkins playing Gallagher. I did not expect that. Michael McKeon is in there. We got a Jonah Ray sighting. And and Suzanne Yankovic, Weird Al's wife, is also uh, prominently sitting next to him in the awards at the end of the movie. And, and Weird Al plays the uh, record producer or <laughs> record, the, yeah. the, the label owner or whoever the charge of the label. The Scotty Brothers. Uh-huh. As uh, his right-hand man just rips him apart in front <laughs> yeah or rips daniel uh Radcliffe's character you know weird al apart eventually weird al who's playing this part just kind of steps in and goes that's that's enough it's, it's a little enough. bit too much that's enough. <laughs> that's enough yeah the scotty brothers that that certainly were the record label that 
published so much of Weird Al's music at the beginning, uh, they they were they were uh, very much parodied in this with with actual Weird Al just grimacing like, "Ooh, I don't I don't want to hear this conversation." I love this movie, Chip. I I think that this movie is going to be one of those movies that I put into my annual viewing along with UHF, which is Weird Al's other film. Uh, this is so much fun. And I think that everybody knows enough about Weird Al that they would appreciate the comedy of this and knows enough of the pop culture of all of those other references in those cameos to, Steve, to find Steve, you, joy here. You just use the word everybody. I think everybody. Every, no? Everybody? Don't you Steve. don't you think that everybody knows about Weird Al? Yeah, but you just said everyone would enjoy it, which, which brings us to the film that I got to see at the theater. Okay. Steve, maybe there's a certain demographic that wouldn't appreciate uh, Weird Al. I'm just throwing that out there. Fake biography number two is the movie Tar, the the story of Lydia Tar, widely considered one of the greatest living composer conductors and the first ever female music director of a major German orchestra. Tell us all about this fake biography. <laughs> Steve, this this really is um, Oscar uh, worthy, mm-hmm. and certainly will be up for Picture of the Year. Just to throw that out there, this is not a parody. This really will be okay. up for Picture of the Year. And the other part about it is, many people have wondered what that elf from Lord of the Rings is doing now, and uh, she will be starring as Lydia Tarr in this film. They live forever, Steve. I don't know if you know that about uh, that about uh, elves. Elves, yes. So this is Kate Blanchett, one of our our best actors working today in a, a very challenging role here. You say challenging, Steve. St- maybe challenging for for a certain demographic that wouldn't like listening to NPR or PBS and doesn't like those quiet, quiet interviews that get parodied on Saturday Night Live and other comedy tropes. Yes, this is a very stylized. Uh, rich film that talks about a conductor, a person who is the top of her game, a person who has dedicated their life to the art of musical presentation as a team sport. And we, we get the story of this person and we have this NPR-like interview at the beginning of it. It's super quiet. And they start listing all of her accomplishments. And she's getting ready to come out with a book. Of course she is. She's going to be talking about music. And we understand that she is a master craftsman, that she a craft person, that she came from uh, a modest background but mastered this craft. And here she is presenting these people that she says are, are very important, you know, their, their music to the public. Uh, ultimately, um, we will find her downfall, mm-hmm. and this is this is an adult film, um, not that type of adult film. Steve, it's a grown-up film. Okay, uh, this is a grown-up film, and there's a few things that I, I want to bring up about this this story. One, um, we're introduced to a tailor who's making her clothing, and we watch the precise cuts, the carving of the chalk as you kind of outline where you want to put this, the sewing 
the hand sewing of, of the clothing, how it fits on her body is truly tailored to her. We go to restaurants with her. We get to see a fine dining experience, how everything on the table is in a perfect place. The food is delivered. It's in a perfect place. And we get to see her, her living quarters, her working quarters, the same thing. Everything seems to be so organized and so put together. We find out that she's had some affairs and she's also done some bad things to some people and she's trying to cover it up. They eventually get exposed. We get the politics of, of what it is to run an orchestra, how we get people to step aside. She, you know, is slowly humanized. So from the superstar type person to this, this ugly human. And then she does something that is unforgivable, which leads her to having to lose her position. And um, then we're given a little twist at the end because, you know, at some point it's about the art, right? Mm -hmm. And there's the point. There's, there's some twists that come to it. This is a very quiet film. This is a very thoughtful film. This is a great film. Like, it will stand the test of time, but it is a slow burn. Okay. And um, I would say this is 85 out of 100. This could win Picture of the Year. And Todd Field is our a director. He's, he's only directed a few films. The people who were in the audience, there was a couple that they were there, and they wanted to talk about Todd Field afterwards. Hmm. So anyway, this is an art house film, and maybe you want to go see it. It's a little bizarre. But once again, it's just, this this will be out for a movie of the year. It's so funny how similar your movie Tar and my movie Weird. You could be talking about the same movie, but you really enjoyed the the slow burn, the quiet of this movie. And you, you've mentioned before that this was so quiet that you could hear the sound of other theaters while you were watching this one. Yes, and and in fact, I mean, think about this. This is, this is a, a music. This is a, a, a film about a conductor. I, I'm going to mention something to you because this this is really kind of an example of, of how this film works. So early in the film, she is a mentor to a group of students at Juilliard. And there is a, um, a, a man of color who is gay, who is studying conducting and wants to present this piece of music. Eventually, they have this conversation where she's challenging him. And he says, well, you know, I just don't want to have this, um, what is it, the cisgender, uh, white religious people. I don't want to just play their music. And she gives this incredible defense of where this music came from, why it's stood the test of time, and why it's important. And certainly music that was important at that point that has stood the test of time and is still played today, there, there is something to that, certainly. She really takes him down and really challenges him. He eventually kind of walks out of the classroom. You know, he's like, I'm out of here. I'm a young person. I'm angry at the, that you would possibly challenge. Well, that eventually comes back to burn her hmm. because they take her speech, they cut it up, and they put it on social media. 
which twists her message. Hmm. So we've got this person who, for all intents and purposes, is there for the benefit of those students. They certainly don't recognize the challenge it was for her to move to her position. But so easily, they dismiss and look to destroy her. Hmm. Not that she doesn't deserve it, but the point being is that she goes, this is one of the real challenges of teaching young people today is that they really struggle to understand why something may have created something that is going to stand the test of time or was important at a certain time. Mm -hmm. And their, their desire to change the past, it's kind of like Picasso said, he had to master the artistic way of doing something in order to deconstruct it mm. and to, to rediscover the childlike lines. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't because he did, had not mastered the skills. So anyway, fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. I, I'm not sure if, if Steve would enjoy this, but there's a demographic there that, that do want to see mm-hmm. you know, the best, and this would be part of that. Weird Al had a mentor too. It was Dr. Demento, but he was more like a D-mentor. That was the Harry Potter reference in Weird Al. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed this film. I, I don't know that this is a film that I will watch, but I've heard some great things, and I think you're right that this is definitely one of those films that's going to get Oscar nominations for this year. Opening this week, let's see if there's some movies that are going to be wonderful Oscar films. The first one see- is... Steve, are there any films for maybe a suburb of Chicago? Wakanda, Wakanda forever. Black Panther, the sequel to Black Panther is called Wakanda forever. And yes, that is a suburb of Chicago. This one looks to be as amazing as the first Black Panther movie. I I have very tempered expectations for this sequel because of the loss of Chadwick Boseman. It is a tragedy that he is no longer with us and no longer a part of this film. But I've heard wonderful reviews that Angela Bassett might very well get an Oscar nomination for this silly uh, superhero movie. See, we also have the introduction of Namor. Oh, well, there you go. It's everybody everybody needs Namor. <laughs> That's one of my least favorite comic book characters. Like, he's so much not Aquaman. Well, they, they've changed the character for this. Okay. Uh, not only did they change the character, but the, the world that, that is in Africa, that is where uh, Wakanda, well, Jack Kirby had created an underwater world that is equally as rich okay. and that's where it's going to that's where it's going to be there's going to be some kind of conflict between the surface world and the underworld awesome i, I again my my expectations are tempered on this because it's a sequel and because of the the tragedy of chadwick boseman uh i will go see this movie and i am excited for it on on one level how about the other movies chip <laughs> there's some ampers yeah, the Sam Ampersand uh, uh, time. Here we go, Steve. Was there one for people who liked Rain Man? 
Yeah, there's a movie called Sam and Kate. This is Dustin Hoffman and his son Jake playing father and son. Uh, we've got Sissy Spacek, who I still love, and her daughter is played by Schuler Fisk. That is not Sissy Spacek's daughter, but boy, does she look the part. Well, there you go, Steve. Steve, let's go to Dylan and Zoe, another ampersand ampersand week here on too much scrolling dylan and zoe this is a very independent film estranged friends reuniting for one evening to try to bridge the gap that has divided them for so long uh uh, this is a talking movie hey steve are there any films that seth rogan may or may not have uh turned down Yes, there is a movie called Bar Fight with an exclamation point in the title, so you know it's good. This is a story of not Seth Rogen, played here by Luca Jones, and uh, his love interest, Melissa Fumero, who you might know from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. She is a phenomenal, phenomenal actor. This is the story of a breakup of a couple who then have to have a custody battle for which bar they're allowed to go to this is ridiculous and silly and yes luca jones is doing his best seth rogan impression in the trailer i don't know if seth rogan was originally uh intended as the character here but uh it looks like a silly comedy hey steve are there any films for the people who enjoyed captain fantastic I remember Captain Fantastic. That was such a great story. The idea of going off the grid and coming back into society and seeing what it's like. There's a movie called Manifest West coming out this week. This is the story of a young girl whose family leaves regular society, goes off the grid. Uh, there's there's a dark reason for their for their journey, but she really has a hard time living in this off the grid uh, mountain town hey steve many people want to know what buddy the elf has been up to it's christmas time isn't it chip it is it is uh no no, no it's not steve. we're gonna steve, skip it's, right it's, over it's thanksgiving no, it's no it's november <laughs> christmas is christmas is at the end of december steve it's the 35th anniversary of planes trains and automobiles i'll tell you that much that's the thanksgiving movie but we're going to get some of the christmas movies apple tv plus this week is bringing us spirited this is the new musical version of a christmas carol featuring ryan reynolds will ferrell octavia spencer and tracy morgan as the ghost of christmas future (laughs) Of, of course you know, and you know, what a better time to grab a, a gin and tonic with aviation gin and you and use your mint mobile device to call your best friends to tell them to to get a subscription to Apple TV Plus. Once again, uh, Apple TV Plus has the names. These are some huge names. I I don't know what to expect from this movie. You know what we what we learned from Scrooge? Mm-hmm. That, that you shouldn't have a live production of a film on Christmas Eve. Yes, this very <laughs> much, very this is, much. This was recorded before, Steve. This is reminiscent of Scrooge so much. I, I, I expect to have at least one reference to that film in Spirited. And if you haven't, are you not familiar with Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol? <laughs> And you must be very young because, my goodness, there's like a new version of it every year, Steve. 
Well, I, I just can't wait for that Nutcracker to come out. Have you seen that? Have you seen the commercials for the Hip Hop Nutcracker, which is coming out? That uh, is coming out, my friend. It is <laughs> the holiday season. <laughs> Brings us to our book at our book of the week. Oh boy, I had a wonderful October chip. I don't know about you, but I read some really creepy, dark interesting stories over October. One of them is called Verity. This was published in 2021 by Colleen Hoover, and it is a dark thriller of a mystery. So how would I know Colleen Hoover? You probably don't. She is uh, an author. She writes mainly romance novels. This is her first thriller and i gotta tell you her writing chops are phenomenal this is a genuinely frightening story that i just couldn't put down so i just want to ask you said this was a thriller does mm -hmm. vincent price lead, um read the, the last part of it it this could be made into a 1950s frightening black and white vincent price film Yes. And Vincent Price could be here. Sven Gulli this week presented Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. And that last beat of that movie where Vincent Price's voice shows up as the invisible man is just hilarious. This is right in that vein. Steve, the title of this, this story is Verity, mm -hmm. which I know is like, I mean, if we pull the line out of Veritas, would become from a, and that means truth. Mm. So there's something that you must be trying to uncover here, Steve. Tell us about it. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely the story of Verity. We have a young writer in this story who is struggling to make ends meet. She's a good writer, but she hasn't found her moment to become the famous writer. She gets a call one day from her publisher who says that the famous publisher of the day needs to have a meeting with her and this struggling writer doesn't know why the famous writer would need to talk to her the famous writer is in the middle of a great book series there are so many people waiting for the next book to come out she goes to this meeting she finds out that the famous author has been in a terrible car accident and she is incapacitated she's not able to continue her writing so our narrator is hired to become the ghost writer for the remaining books in the successful series this is so far so good the story says that she needs to go to the home of this famous writer to go through all of her notes to find out what she intended for this book series and how the story needs to go. Here's where it gets to that 1950s creepy story. The incapacitated, in bed, not able to do anything for herself author might actually be faking this injury. 
And the young son of that author tells our narrator that his mom tells him things and gives him things. And we are told that this woman is bedridden, that she is in a coma, that she cannot move, but she might be faking all of this. The young author finds a manuscript in all of the notes. Is this a story kind of like Misery, where, um, you know, she's got to finish the cock story? <laughs> not, not exactly. Not exactly like that. Because the husband of the incapacitated author is the one who is asking this young lady to finish these cock stories. And he, because of the, the tragedy of this woman being incapacitated, he is a, a lonely man who actually falls in love with the young author who's come in to become a part of the writing process. This is a very, very different story from, from Misery. There are some real romance elements to this. I see Colleen Hoover's art in the ability to show the romance between these characters and, and that that constant voice that says this should not be, this is a married man whose wife is upstairs while they're in the middle of falling in love with each other downstairs and how this is taboo at least and improper. Uh, the young author finds a manuscript in all of the notes. And in that manuscript is a second story. There's a story within a story here. And we find through this manuscript, maybe the truth of what actually happened to the author in this car accident. Maybe there's much more to the story than meets the eye. There's a story of murder. There's a story of child abuse. There's a story of a relationship between the husband and wife that is not strong, a very hard relationship. And we, the readers, we don't know which story is the true story, the story that's happening actively or this, this manuscript, this autobiography. So Chip, this becomes our third fake biography of the show this week. Well, you know, trying to tell those stories, Steve. Uh-huh. Trying to tell your story is definitely the theme of this. From, from a certain point of view, Steve. That's right. This story is a page turner. I could not put this down. I did not know which truth was the real truth in this story. Colleen Hoover has just put together the cloth of this story with so much unbalance between the possibilities of what's really happening here. It is truly horrifying the way she writes this, the ghost story of this woman who's in bed and can't move and things happen around her and to not to spoil it, but uh, not everything is the way it seems in this story, as you might expect. Interesting. It sounds like you really enjoyed this book. I really did. This is not my genre. I don't necessarily enjoy romance novels or 
thrillers, but somewhere in between the thriller and the mystery, there is a definite whodunit mystery to this and the romance elements. I really enjoyed the way the author was able to tell this story. And, and I really will look into some of her other stories and see if her writing is something that captures my imagination. How wonderful. That's Verity by Colleen Hoover. It was published in 2021. Scroll with it. Brings us to our scroll with it. There's lots of stuff happening in the world. Let's talk about almost none of it. It is Veterans Day this Friday, November 11th, Chip. Steve, is your school hosting veterans to come in? We do have veterans come in. I believe we're actually doing it on Monday instead of Friday because of scheduling. But we do have a a moment where we honor our veterans in our school, for sure. And so we remember that uh, we have Memorial Day. Those are for those who died. We -hmm. have Armed Forces Day for those currently serving. And this is Veterans Day, Steve, for people who formerly served in the United States military. Mm Mm-hmm. And we appreciate all of that sacrifice from all of those different people that have have put put their heart and soul into defending our nation. And what better way to celebrate Veterans Day than with a special deal from Netflix, Steve? Netflix is changing the game, aren't they? They, they have divided their uh, subscriptions into four different choices They are going to crack down on password sharing in the upcoming year. And here is their plan. You, Netflix subscribers, can choose from the basic plan with an ad-supported tier or pay an extra $3 and have no ads. Or you can get the standard, that old original Netflix plan, or a new premium plan. So the plans now range from $7 a month to $20 a month. Yeah, that's too much. First of all, the, the idea that um, that there's four different levels to this wasn't thought out. You should have three at mm-hmm. best. Three at best. And the idea that you have to pay if you're going to have ads, why not just put it over on uh, one of those ad-supported uh, services or create mm-hmm. your own version of that where you have what, – what are the, some of the ones that, that are out there? Uh, Netflix – I'm sorry, Amazon has one, right? Amazon, uh, Pluto TV comes to mind. I watch sure. that constantly. Crackle, the Sony version. There's there's plenty of free with ads uh, systems. Uh, Freevee, which is which used to be IMDb TV, is the one that you're thinking of with Amazon. Sure. So immediately, my thought is this wasn't really thought out really well. If you're going to have ads, why not have a limited um, group of, of films or whatever? Amazon shows, and then you know, give it away mm-hmm. because, I and agree. then you just and just sell those ads. And, the and idea- that's what really bothers me about cable. I, I can't stomach paying for cable and still getting ads, and that's the same problem I see here with Netflix. Well, and, and here's the deal: is once you you would have a free version, then you would have your you know a premium version, and then you'd have a center version, whatever that center version is, but. This idea that there are now four different ways, Mm -hmm. it just seems absurd. And and I think that this is going to not work as well as they think it's going to work. Why Mm -hmm. why Why would I watch ads? 
I I would not. I would not watch ads. I, I refuse to watch ads. I pay extra for Hulu to not have ads. It it brings us to that conversation that we've had so many times over the last nine years. How many services can you pay for? Is Netflix pricing themselves out of the market here? Well, I, I think that they're going to have to find a different way of doing this. And I think, that in addition, the, the world that came up that Netflix helped create as far as using the streaming services, I think it's been a mistake for a lot of the other, you know, when, when the office and um, I'm trying to think of other um, friends and stuff like that used to be able to used to be able to watch those on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And when they were pulled out for their own streaming services, well, you know, once again, are you really willing to spend five, six, seven dollars a month to have access to the office? Mm-hmm. You know, it just seems it seems like a poor design. Instead of all you can eat buffet, it is that a la carte that that I really was waiting for because I, I was never a, a cable subscriber. I always paid for whatever it was that I wanted to see or or in some cases pirated it. But I with this, I don't know if I'm going to pay Netflix. Well, and, and there's my my point on that is that we've got to the point where there's so many streaming services out there mm-hmm. that it's a lot easier to rotate your subscriptions. Mm-hmm. You know, you buy Netflix for a month because you want to watch Stranger Things and you get all the other shows to go with it. You cancel. Next month, you pick up S- Stars mm-hmm. and you watch all the shows that are on Stars if you want to do Outlander. that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you cancel that. And the third month, you get Hulu and you watch everything you want to watch on Hulu. Mm-hmm. And you kind of just rotate through. But the idea is that you're buying for, you know, Netflix may get one month or two months a year. Mm-hmm. As opposed to being there all the time. And I there's agree. really one of the real challenges with the streaming models as we've set them up. And I've canceled Disney Plus for this next year. Mm-hmm. And that may change. But once again, you know, you're basically you're willing to pay 80 bucks a year to have access. Well, that seems- when they offer you something you're willing to pay for, you'll come back and pay for it. And and what they need to do, and they know this, is offer something great every month in order to keep your monthly subscription going. And that's a very that's a very challenging. We're, we're seeing the, the challenge through Apple TV Plus, mm-hmm. where they are getting, they're paying top dollar for, for actors. They're paying top dollar for Produce production companies and for writers and, and for these movies, and they're still struggling to find a, an audience. I agree. I, I think that they're putting out some great stuff, but it's not hitting the the real headlines of media. We still have the theater. We still have all of these other options, and Disney uh, Disney Plus is you know really throwing a lot at us. Apple TV Plus has that one thing every month that tries to get your money, and I I don't currently subscribe to it. Yeah, I would say that it's, it's, it's a difficult thing to, to do. Mm-hmm. And Steve, let's get to the next part. Who knows what's happening at the end of the month? <laughs> it's November, my favorite month of the year, also known as Whovember, because it is all Doctor Who all the time around here in November. Chicago TARDIS 2022 is happening at the Weston Lombard, November 25th, 26th, and 27th. 
I will be there for sure and enjoy my time with my community of Whovians. And I invite everybody else to come out and have some fun. And that's a great point, Steve, is you should have a big meal the day before. Maybe you get, yeah, if you, if you, if you are not used to being around a lot of people, maybe bring your family around. Yeah. And then on Friday, you drop yeah. some people off at the mall, let them do some Black Friday shopping, and maybe you can go over and you can join, you know, too much scrolling, drive a Dalek, meet with some people, and have, you know, have a good time. So you're referring to Turkey Day. Oh, Turkey Day. Yeah, That's the turkey. day that you watch a lot of films, Steve. Yeah, it's the day we watch bad movies, also known as turkeys. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm so glad that you know that joke after nine years. After nine years, you finally acknowledged that joke for the first time. I am winning too much scrolling. <laughs> I don't know, Chip. I think we have enough information to survive another week. What do you think? Only if we can come back next week, Steve. Yeah, let's see if we watched Weird again between now and next week. We would love to hear from you. What do you think? What? Wh where are you? How's it going? How is Whovember shaping up for you? Give us a call or a text. Our phone number is 805-4104-TMS. Our website is TooMuchScrolling.com. Our email is TooMuchScrolling at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and YouTube. And you can always ask your smart speaker to play the latest episode of Too Much Scrolling. I want to thank you again for listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'm Steve Fodor. I'm Chip Hassenflow. We'll see you in the future. <laughs> <laughs>